Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Coffee with Craig. We very much appreciate you guys tuning in and joining us as we talk about firearms, firearms policy, all things Second Amendment and Second Amendment related uh, right here on YouTube, on Facebook, on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Spotify, you name it. Whether you're, whether you're watching us or you're listening to us, we welcome you. Please remember to like and share with your friends uh, this conversation so that they can join in the conversation. Let's all talk about two-way in the USA. Also want to encourage you guys, please take a moment to like and share, like and share, like and share. Uh, also, remind you to go to uh, fpcgear.com, fpcgear.com, where you can get tons of, you'll find tons of cool 2A t-shirts, you'll find cool 2A hoodies, uh, as well as pro Second Amendment mugs. And, and you know what? You just know that every penny that you spend will go right back into the fight uh, to keep and bear arms. That's fpcgear.com. All right, moving. Let's move right along. So uh, there's an item that's going to be up today in the city of Arcata. And I know many of you out there in the entire USA are saying, Arcata, the city of Arcata, where the heck is that at? Well, it's a city in California. So you can guess what uh, what they're going to be discussing tonight. It's on the it's on the Pacific Coast, near, near the Pacific Coast. So you can, once again, you guys can have a pretty good guess of what they're going to talk. They're going to be talking gun control. And uh, they're going to be talking specifically about uh, about safe storage of firearms. Now, and I realize that once again, this is just one city uh, in the entire in the entire country. But it was a, actually a very good example to see how an ant, how anti-gun legislation comes to be through a combination of well-meaning yet ignorant people, and uh, and people who are are not well-meaning people who. Uh, don't care about the rights of individuals to be able to protect and defend themselves. Uh, so I figured let's let's you know let's talk a little bit about how this thing came to become law, so that you guys can be aware of this and and keep an eye out for it in your city council, in your county board of supervisors, or in your state. All right. So uh, this idea started as many do uh, during a public comment period during the Arcata. Uh, city Council. Uh, it was started back on May 2nd. Uh, and needless to say, much like uh, people are saying that we ought to be encouraging, uh, it, it started by a couple of, of youths who decided to come and speak before their city council, uh, probably as a part of some school project, but they decided to come and speak before the city council in order to share their many years of wisdom on firearms and firearm storage. Honorable City Council members, 70% of deaths related to child shootings could have been prevented if the firearm was locked and stored safely. Storing guns in lockers or safes would prevent minors from accessing them. We are Olivia Joachim and Eva Swartz, freshmen at NPA High School. We created an acronym, SLUGS, which stands for Save Lives, Use Gun Storage. We are asking the City Council to amend Article 2, Chapter 2 of the Arcana Municipal Code to require firearms to be kept in safe storage when not in use. Having a safe storage ordinance will make our community safer for everyone. A study by Giffords Law Center to prevent gun violence showed that 1.7 million minors lived in homes with unlocked loaded firearms. This has been shown to contribute to suicide among minors as well as violence against others with a firearm belonging to an adult. After the Sandy Hook school shooting in 2012, it became very apparent that something needed to change. School shootings in the following 14 months were monitored, and at least 20 were determined to have been committed by minors. Three quarters of these minors obtained guns from either their homes or a friend's home. 
Massachusetts is currently the only state that requires firearms to be unloaded and stored in lockers or safes. Guns account for just 9% of youth suicides in Massachusetts, compared to the 39 of youth suicides throughout the entire nation. Many other states, including California, required uh, guns to be stored safely. No others have statewide laws that require guns to be stored safely throughout the entire state. Um, San Francisco currently has one of the strongest gun safety storage laws in the country, requiring firearms to be stored with trigger locks and locked containers. Humboldt County has one of the highest rates of gun deaths in California, 7.7 .7 to every 100,000 people. Humboldt County's is 17.1 to every 100,000 people. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Okay, so let's start with that. So first of all, they come and they talk and they just basically share a lot of information that is a bunch of hooey. I mean, let's just be honest. First of all, we have to look at the source of their information, which is the Giffords Law Center, which is Every Town for Gun Safety, uh, which are a bunch of groups that are specifically anti-gun. And we've already seen uh, how, how Dr. John Lott has destroyed uh, so much of the stuff that they call the stuff that they call research or data and is, has deemed it to be completely and utterly inaccurate. But it, even if it weren't, let's talk, let's just think real quick about if the numbers are true, so then out of, what, what did they say, 178 million young people are around firearms that, are not, that are, are not stored safely, and yet only an infinitesimal, and I can say this, an infinitesimal percent actually wind up, be, of those firearms actually wind up being involved in accidental shootings. An infinitesimal amount infantesimal. I mean, we're talking a very, very small numbers. I, we can go back and watch the video again, but they'll tell you the numbers. Uh, once again, it is very, very small. When one considers the fact that, oh, let's see, out of, what, 33,000 uh, 33, firearm deaths in the country, uh, 11,000, or, or I'm sorry, two-thirds of them are, are suicides. Uh, of that, uh, the, another, what, 80% of them are, are, are homicides. Right, meaning they're not accidental shootings. So once again, we're talking about a very, very small percent of firearms that are actually used in crimes. Now, the other thing that are, are actually uh, part of accidental deaths, and even the ones where they refer to minors using firearms, once again, the, oh, I almost forgot, and that was going to lead to the other thing. Once again, we're talking about the state of California where uh, you already are obligated if you have a child or someone who is prohibited in the home from being able to own or possess a firearm, you're already obligated to make sure that the firearm is kept out of their out of their reach that they're not able to get access to their firearms so mind you they've already acknowledged that there is absolutely no reason for this law they just read it this is all the way back in may so they already know there's no need for this law or maybe they don't know maybe they just read it and i don't know maybe they're they can't read maybe they didn't really know what they were reading or weren't paying attention to what they were actually reading but nonetheless they believe that this started a reason why we need to do this, because Lord knows we need to do something. And uh, that kind of leads me to the next part of the discussion that took place. And this was actually on May 16th, 2018, where they decided we're going to talk about, well, why do we need this law? Do we not need this law? Let's think about it. Let's actually contemplate it. Okay, let's do that. And that's exactly what they did. And here was kind of a small snippet of the conversation that took place. You're going to notice two very interesting themes. Um, I guess the first thing that comes to mind is 
um, you know, being that the firearms are in people's private residence and, uh, it's, I don't, I don't think we're, we plan on going into people's homes and, and just and double checking that their guns are locked up you, under, you know, it seems like the circumstances we would discover this would be the stolen gun, you know, a crime happens in the home. Um, so yeah, in a sense, I feel like, I think it, you know, it, I, in concept, I support it, but in a sense, I feel like we're creating a law for something that will never be enforced. So I guess that was one thought I had on it. Um, and then, and then, uh, what would the penalty be or what are some example penalties if, if a person is caught with their gun outside a safe or maybe the guns in the safe, but it's loaded. So, um, in response to what you're saying, how do we, how does somebody get in trouble for their firearm being unlocked without big brother coming in and checking the locks? Well, if their kid is caught in the yard playing with it, that's our, our the primary thing we're trying to do is stop young people's access to guns. And the only way you're going to know is if they have a gun somewhere in public. Okay? I think what this does is it symbolically tells whoever owns that gun that you've got to control it. I mean, we could go like New York City where you can't have a handgun. Okay? For a long time. So, I mean, it's... I look at this as the beginning of us trying to control gun violence somehow, and it, it's not a real, you know, fantastic way to do it. But I think it starts the conversation. It makes it a little more difficult for people who own it and don't want to be <clears throat> caught in the newspaper. My kid got into my gun and I didn't uh, have it locked up and I broke a law and, you know, it's a sort of a public shaming in a way. Um, personally, I don't think we should even allow guns in our city. So that's where I am. So this is, it's, it's small, but it's a step. And I, I think that we need to do it in a symbolic way, not in a logical, how great a law it is, because it may never ever be enforced. Okay, so let's be clear. You notice there are two things here. The first one is what I call the useful idiot. This is the guy who in the very beginning started talking, and he's like, well, you know, I don't understand. Because here's the thing. This is a guy who, you know, he just wants to do the right thing. And so he's open. He's willing. He's listening. I just want to do the right thing. I realize that this is not – there's problems with this. This is a reasonable person saying, I see that there are problems with this. I want to do this. But I see there are problems with this. So you guys see where, where he's going. And the other is the evildoer. So you have the useful idiot and the evildoer. And the evildoer doesn't seem like he's doing evil because he's saying, well, I just want to control gun violence. And, and he, he acknowledges this law will, will, if implemented, do nothing, do nothing to reduce gun violence. He, it will do absolutely nothing to reduce gun violence. Now, he wants to do something what he considers to be more effective, which is he wants to get rid of all guns in the city of Arcata. That's his goal. That's what he would have if he were king of Arcata 
That's what, exactly what would happen. Would there would be no guns allowed whatsoever. In other words, he doesn't care about people's right to be able to defend themselves. Right? Now, how do we know this law is going to be ineffective and it's not going to it's not going to do anything? Well, a lot of it has to do with the enforcement. And that's the question he asks. How are you gonna know? Are you gonna send, you know, are you gonna send the 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 the, the big brother into people's homes? Well, they talked a little bit at the now in September they actually got into the discussions about about the actual ordinance and the sample ordinances, all right? And there were a couple of things that they noted. One of the things they talked about in that September 9th meeting was the enforcement. So what they acknowledged is this is something that's really, quite frankly, not really going to be enforced, or at least not enforced beforehand. Generally, the um, police would become aware of it after the fact, and, and I think maybe I should defer to the chief on, on how this type of an ordinance could be anticipated to be enforced, um, if you don't mind. Sure. Typically, it's going to be after the fact, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. If you get uh, notified that there's children in the house and, and the neighbors are aware that there's firearms in the residence and they've been brandished or just, you know, uh, observed, um, we could do a security check, uh, certainly well within the confines and, and our ability to do a, do a security check and at least check on the safety of the children if we determine that there were, in fact, weapons unsecured. Um, we would enforce that, but we would probably, you know, we would be enforcing the penal code section relative to that, not necessarily our local ordinance, because there's already prohibitions of unsafe, unsecured storage of firearms where there's underage minors. See, okay, now, now, now you heard that. So what he's saying is they're not going to enforce this particular ordinance should it be put into law. Because guess what? The number one thing they say that they're concerned about is minors' access to firearms. And already in the state of California, that's already against the law. It's already against the law. There's already a law in place. So why are you doing this? Why, indeed, are you, in fact, doing this? What is the point of this? See, now there's one thing. There's well. The next clip I'm going to show you is going to talk about two things. It's going to talk about, one, what the kind of the point of this is. Uh, and, uh, uh, and I think to a certain degree he's already said this. It's, look, we just want to bother gun owners. We want to send a message. This is symbolic, right? But there's also a real-world consequence when it comes to it, and that has to do with what, what does it mean when you have to store, what does it mean when you have a firearm? What does it mean to have, to, be in, to have the firearm on your person? Because in this particular thing, the only exemption when it's in your home is when it's on your person, according to this ordinance, meaning it has to be on your person. And what does that definition mean? Had raised. Should it be within arm's reach or should it be as well as on the person or should it be solely on the person? And that... that that is the question, um, the second point. Uh, right now, the concealed weapons carry is not a part of this, um, and it okay. does not appear to come into play as part of this ordinance. Um, the other exception is the peace officer um, control yeah. as authorized by the penal code, and that, again, comes straight out of San Francisco. Yeah, I, I think for me, I, I, when you start talking about anybody having the weapon either on them or within reach, then it, to me it starts diluting the power of the ordinance. So I, I don't want to 
I mean, I, I feel don't like it adds a reach thing on there. Don't you? Don't you feel like it encourages people to have a gun on them because that's the only way they can have it to defend themselves, according to this ordinance. So they'll be, you know, watching TV and have a gun on them. Or they could have their lockbox somewhere with, that they can get to it. I mean, geez, you, you know, the, the whole thing is, in my mind, is to control guns. Generally. If you need a gun, you're hunting. If somebody's breaking into your house, that's a different situation. But you you have to have your own plan for that. Where's your key? Where's your biometric thing? I mean, it just needs to be locked up. And you certainly aren't going to have it strapped to you. So I... Yeah, I'm just saying that's the way this reads, is you have to have it strapped to you, essentially. And I think, you know, just to, to uh, council member... Winkler's point earlier, I, you know, I'd like to see the language to where the owner does have quicker access. You know, I did read the ninth, I read the entire ninth circuit opinion and I, you know, like many people, I disagree that it was, that it wasn't a, a real burden on people. I think every second counts. And, uh, if people want quick access in the privacy of their home, um, you know, I would be a proponent of putting language in there that says when they're not home. Um, that says, you know, within the person's control. Um, but that's, well, that's how I feel about so, it right now. So you're saying it, it says a firearm is carried on the person of, an, of a person of an individual in accordance with all applicable laws. Um, <clears throat> the scenario you're putting out is somebody's breaking in and you have to have your gun right close to you. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, where you're going to go to where your safe is so and unlock it. If it's laying around close to you. Well, this doesn't say that, though. This is on your person. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying, yeah. if, you, if you added it within reach, then we open it all the way up to it could be anywhere in the house that you're wandering around. You know, I just I don't have the concern of the guns being locked up. I don't, I don't have a concern about the length of time it gets me to get to that gun or to that safe. Because like a lot of people, I don't have any guns. I could care less. Yeah, I hear you. Truthfully. Yeah. And I, I to honestly. And that's the point right there. So what they're talking about here is this. So right now in the state of California, you know, when, you, when it comes to the, the firearm storage or anything like that, it's as long as it's, you know, once again, it's within your reach or within your person. What they're saying right here is, is the way this is written, if my firearm, if I, if, I, if I am in my home, I have to have the firearm on me. The minute I set it down and remove my hand, I am now violating the law. I'm violating the ordinance that he is talking about. And the interesting thing about, about, about this whole thing is, is, like he said, he doesn't care. He doesn't care about your rights. He doesn't care about how long it takes you to get to your gun in the event that someone breaks into your house. He doesn't own guns, so he doesn't care. He doesn't care about you. Here he is, an elected official in your city, Arcadians. I think it's Arcadians, Arcadians. He's, a, he's an elected official in your city. And guess what he just said? He just said he doesn't care about you. He doesn't care how long it takes you to get to a firearm if someone breaks into your house. He really doesn't care. And along the same line, you have a gentleman who's, well, okay, well, 
I'm willing to split the baby. I'm willing to give up part of the right. So, yeah, you can have it within reach. Let's make it reasonable. Really. But if I get up and I walk from here over into the next room, I've now broken the law. And mind you, this is a law that at, at, at the, in the end of everything will not be enforced. It'll, they'll have to enforce it after the fact. After you've been, after you've potentially been victimized. So in other words, if someone breaks into your house and steals your firearms, or if a minor takes a firearm out of the house. So after the fact, they'll then turn around and enforce it. In the meantime, they want to take away the rights of responsible gun owners, because we already know millions of children, millions upon millions of children, are around firearms that are not locked up all the time. And nothing happens. I, you know, and the worst part about it is, is they've actually debated whether or they actually, it's a part of this whole debate, debated whether or not you should be allowed to have the firearm loaded. In other words, they, some of them on the city council, and I'm sure you can guess at least which one of them, wants to make sure that, you know, you make wants to make sure that the firearm is in one place and the ammunition is locked away in another place. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. <laughs> we, we've already talked about how bad an idea, how bad an overall idea that is. Um, but, but he, but he, and here's the thing. When it all comes down to it, even they know, even their police chief knows that this law will not be effective because he gives a very interesting example. Now, this is kind of unrelated, but it's very related. And I think you will recognize exactly what I'm talking about. It, this brings up... Uh... The thought about a flare gun, does that, is that covered underneath this? You know, like you're out in a boat. Uh, I, based on the description of firearm, it does. Mm -hmm. um, there might be some debate over that um, because it wouldn't do you much. Well, it's debatable whether you're on a boat and you have to lock up your flare gun in an emergency. It might, it might delay you long enough that you'd sink, but... you get it how do they not get it so if we're talking about a flare gun that's got to be locked away i need to get to that flare gun before my boat sinks and it may be impeded because well uh the boat sank before i could get the flare gun out of the lockbox or out of the safe or out of the vault kind of like when someone breaks into your home you have to get the gun out of the safe before or as soon as possible before someone in your house loses their life it just it is beyond frustrating anyway uh the city council is going to be meeting again tonight they may be voting on this ordinance i believe they're going to be looking at some changes or amendments to the ordinance they may be voting on it tonight uh you can probably watch it live stream on their on their on their uh on their city webpage. uh but at the same time, I want to encourage you guys, please pay attention to stuff like this. This is the sort of stuff that, use, once again, useful idiots, well-meaning useful idiots, and evildoers. The two of them are a dangerous combination when it comes to making law, when it comes to taking away your rights. Um, pay attention to them. Keep an eye out for them. Uh, if you guys get a chance, uh, take action. You know, Send them an email. Let them know that this is a bad idea. Uh, the link is in the description of this video. Uh, 
but but pay attention. Once again, they may be doing, may taking action tonight. They may not be taking act. They may be taking action on the seventeenth, which is the next their next city council meeting. Help the people of Arcata and of the folks. If anybody from Arcata is watching this, you guys you guys need to show up down there. And you guys need to let them know just how stupid this idea is, how stupid what it is that they're proposing is. Because once again, they already acknowledge law already exists to do exactly what they say they want to do. Number two, they've already acknowledged they're not going to enforce this law at all. And then number three, they know already it's a bad idea and it's going to put people in danger. All three of those things have already been acknowledged uh, in their own comments. Now, all they need to do is do the right thing. And all right, folks, that's going to be it for today's Coffee with Craig. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, thank you for liking and sharing these videos. And thank you for telling your friends about the Firearms Policy Coalition. We are the home in the fight for civil rights. Got to use them or you're going to lose them. You guys take care.